Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA with your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Dominique Molina. Dominique is the president of the American Institute of Certified Tax Planners. It's a great organization. I've been very fortunate to uh, to be at a lot of their conferences over the last few years. And so, Dominique, welcome to the Unique CPA. Thank you, Randy, for having me. Yeah, no, no problem. So I've been very fortunate to be part of this. Uh, the conferences you put on for the last handful of years, I've always enjoyed it. We we were out in San Diego. What was the last? Uh, what was it? Were we out in San Diego? October or something last year? It was October. Hard to believe it's been that long, but yeah, October. Yeah, and that was a great event. It was nice to get out and do some live things again. So again, I really appreciate you being here. What I'd like to talk about a little bit today. You know, we have we have two requirements on the show. One, we have fun, so we'll definitely do that. And two, we educate the tax profession on something or the accounting profession on something. And I think you have a lot to educate on because that's what you're doing all the time through this organization. At least that's what my impression. So let's talk a little bit about your background to see how you got to this point. So give me give me a little background on where you came from. And, uh, yeah, as long, Randy, as you don't ask me anything that will reveal my age, we're good with that. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I will not do that. I will say that I was licensed. I got my CPA license during the period of time where we were not doing computerized exams and we didn't have two tracks and you got your 2,000 hours and... So if that's any indicator, but I, I have a feeling that those uh, that did it the other way probably won't be able to figure anything out from that information. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'm the, I'm the old route as well. Yes. So yeah, I started out like most CPAs, you know, getting my degree and my CPA license, going to work for the big guys and uh, learning, you know, really cutting my teeth and learning this field that we're in, in public accounting and you know, there's a lot of disadvantages that kind of creep up with that. Obviously, fatigue, long hours. You don't always have the freedom of choice when you're an associate or even as you get into middle management, you don't always have a choice on the clients that you're working on and and what kind of services you're able to perform for those clients. And so I thought the answer to all my problems, Randy, was just starting my own company and then all that stuff would go away. (laughs) And I'm laughing because we know how this story ends, don't we? Yes. (laughs) Uh, You know, basically, public accounting has these disadvantages because we tend to follow this industry model, right? And so it wasn't long before running my own CPA firm that these things started to creep in, you know, the long hours, the, you know, trying to focus on billable work and trying to get things out the door and get new projects in the door. And, uh, and so it, it didn't take a long time for me to get burned out, as I'm sure a, a lot of people listening can relate to. This is a, a business that can really chew you up and spit you out. Oh, yeah. And so I really got to the point where, and I like to say that, you know, our, our relationship with our businesses sometimes is like an abusive relationship. So you get beat up by this uh, business quite a bit. And then you get to the point where you say, all right, I, I can't do this anymore. And and the problem with that is that there's so many aspects of 
this work that I love. I love the problem solving. I love the relationship piece with business owners. I love that meeting of the minds when you become part of something that comes to fruition. You know, it might start as an idea with a small business owner and you're able to see that all the way through and and really be a part of something. And, um, you know, the creativity, the strategizing, uh, the really um, being intentional with what you're doing and why. And there's only one problem with all those things that I loved is that I really wasn't getting paid to do any of those. Right. And the stuff that I was getting paid for compliance work, um, you know, the annual filings of things, sales tax, payroll tax, every kind of um, returns that were required. None of that includes the strategizing. There's a little bit of problem solving there. None of it requires a relationship, right? You can just take your your uh, financial statements and do your work and never have to talk to anyone if you don't want to. True. And some people like that, but I don't think that's the way to build a business. So Yeah, you know, some people do like that and they're called actuaries, Randy. <laughs> they, they get to sit in a cubicle and I'm just teasing in good fun. Right. Uh, I definitely, um, people sometimes are surprised to hear I'm, I'm an introvert and there's definitely times where I just want to put my head down and, and get the work done. But um, there's certainly aspects of uh, what we do that I love. And at that time in running a traditional modeled tax practice, I really wasn't monetizing those well. And so I decided, look, if there's some way for me to change the way that I'm doing this and running the business part of it, then it might be worth saving and actually see a really full enriching career, which is exactly why I started the business to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so it started with having conversations with clients and, and really finding out what they want. A lot of us in this profession sell something that people need. And that's a that's sort of a, a persuasion job, right? We've got to persuade somebody to get this work done. Right. You may have had people before that you're, you just can't get the information from and you're trying to pull it out of them. And that's a tough business to be in. And it's all because they really don't want what we're offering. They have to have right. it. Right. They don't want to deal with the IRS. They have to deal with the IRS. Oh, for sure. And so we need to educate them on the opportunities that we can help them with, I assume, uh, rather than just being the one, the, the evil necessity of the tax return. Right, right. And, you know, I think as an accountant, we love the, the details of what we do. I get really excited when I can quote a code section just because it feels really good. And I know what forms to use and I can get really fast and efficient at it. But at the end of the day, if we're not talking to our clients and better understanding what they want, it becomes exceedingly difficult to ever really charge a lot more than what the so-called going rates are. Right. So what I did uh, was started talking to people and really better understanding what they really want. So instead of trying to convince somebody that they want something that I'm selling that they really don't want, identify what they do want and give it to them. And people will pay a lot more for something they want versus something they just need to have. So you think about this, it's like, what do you pay more for? Do you pay more for the the economy compact car that gets you good gas mileage? Or do you pay more for the sports car? 
it's a want versus a need. Right. Do you pay more for, um, you know, the routine preventative surgeries that you might need as you age in life? Or do you pay more for the cosmetic procedures that are going to make you look a lot better? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Prescription medication. Maybe it's a high blood pressure or something like that or Viagra. Right. People will pay a lot more for what they want versus what they need. Yep. And uh, and so what I figured out is that an awful lot of people really wanted solutions to their business problems and their business problems are not really tax and accounting related. They're not walking around going, oh, dear, I can't close my books on time or it's not keeping them up late at night thinking about how much tax they pay. However, money will solve a lot of the problems they really have, which is how to take their business to the next level, how to get time freedom in the business by hiring good support, you know, retaining top talent, marketing strategies, having more money can address those issues. And I can get people more money all day long with tax reduction. The problem I was having at that time is I wasn't getting paid for that and I wasn't charging for it. And so that's kind of what started this whole transformational process of, Going from a compliance-focused firm built with the traditional model to uh, looking at more advisory relationships with clients, learning how to value price and get paid for those engagements, and being able to get paid finally for my expertise. People don't really understand what your expertise is when you're filling out a form, but they can see what your expertise is when you're creating those results. So if I can save somebody forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars off of their tax bill, and they've got that much more money in the bank as a result of working with me, they're much more willing to pay those types of premium fees to get those kinds of results because now I'm actually giving them something they want. Yep, that's great. That's something we talk about on the show a lot. Is just a couple of things you talk about. One, being the advisor, mm-hmm. you know, not just being reporting what happened, advising on what's happened, affecting what's happening. Yes. And then based on that, sounds like value-based billing because now you could, they can see the value. They know they had 50000 go back in that business and, and you were the cause of that. And so now you can get paid what you're worth rather than, you know, paid what everybody else is charging to file a tax return and report what right. happened. So that makes a lot of right. sense. There is one issue with that though. And what I found over the years is that that's not what we're learning in accounting school. So when we're going through and we're getting our degrees and we're taking the education so we can enter into public accounting, the IRS doesn't really care if you know how to save people tax. And they certainly don't come along and tap a business owner on the shoulder and say, hey, you could have saved this. Here you go. <laughs> Here's your refund. Right. And, and you know, for your work, Randy, that it's it's an educational thing, right? It's the technical training. It's the specialists that we can partner with that can help bring these types of strategies to fruition with our our taxpayers. And, um, you know, that became evident after really focusing my practice many, many years ago on tax reduction. Um, It took about 18 months and my waiting list grew to be two years long. And kind of simultaneously, My colleagues and networking peers in the community started seeing what I was doing and the benefits of transforming my practice into an advisory type business where we're really trying to create someone's future versus recording someone's history. 
Yep. And uh, wanting to know how do how do you know that? Where can I learn more about that? What classes can I take? Who do I partner with? And uh, those two things didn't seem to line up very well. Why would somebody wait two years to meet with me unless they perceive that they can't get this elsewhere? Right. And why do I have accountants saying, I don't know how to do this stuff. Where do I get this information? And so that's when I saw a real need in our industry for training in advanced tax reduction so that us in public accounting have that as an opportunity for us if we decide that's where we want to focus our expertise. And um, so I still run a, a tax practice today, uh, albeit it's a lot smaller and I'm much more passively involved than I used to be. Um, and yes, it is possible to run a tax practice passively, but I found that's a lot easier when you give people what they want versus something that they need. I was going to ask you that question. If uh, if when you started the, the, the Institute, if, if you got out of tax preparation or you stayed in it, so you did, you still do, well, passively at the tax practice. Let's get into the Institute. That's what you call it as an abbreviation, right? The Institute, the American Institute of Certified Tax Planners. Yes. So, so when did this start? You lived this, you learned it, yeah. you saw that there was a need. So when did the, the Institute start? Yeah, it kind of started out as a uh, gathering of friends. Hey, does, if I put a class together, would anybody be interested in showing up and attending? And there was an overwhelming yes. And so I held my first class in 2009. And it's really just evolved from there. What we have done is um, taken a very intentional step in making it have regulatory compliance requirements so that we know that there's integrity behind that license. Mm -hmm. We have an advisory board that sets the requirements and reviews issues that come up and handle complaints from the public, which don't happen too often, but they do come up. So we wanted to create something that has oversight so that there is integrity behind the ideas and the strategies that we teach. There's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, a lot of it actually has never been litigated yet. So it's hard to know, you know, is that a legal strategy or not? And it's nice to have a, an institution, if you will, that can weigh in on that and be a resource and serve as a an influencer in the market where you can go to, to get reliable information. Yep. And so that's what we did. We created a, a licensing program to go along with it so that we know that people are meeting the minimum education requirements to maintain their license and really do a lot of good for the community that we serve. Yep. And that's the certified tax planner, certified tax coach, certified tax coach. Is that the license? Certified tax planners, the license, certified okay. tax coach is a stop on the way to becoming a planner. I got it. Yeah, it's like an apprenticeship. Yep. And so you start out um, getting some coaching and some support and mentors and um, opportunities to test out your knowledge and required education. And in as little as 12 months, someone beca can become a licensed certified tax planner. And so that's what we do. And it's a lot of fun. Again, it's I love what I do. I love that I have the opportunity to not only continue to help uh, small business owners uh, in uh, the tax arena and saving money and putting more money to use in their business, uh, but also um, being able to serve our community in the public accounting arena and uh, make it more interesting, make it more fun to take away some of those disadvantages 
And so in a way, this kind of comes full circle, Randy, because when we come back around to my story, Mm -hmm. I really thought in the beginning that starting my own practice, I'd be able to do some of these things and do something, something about the negative symptoms, if you will. And I've sort of been able to do that by uh, having this focus and I'm looking to leave that uh, ongoing uh, progress, if you will, to my peers in the community. Yep. And so with the, 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 the impressive thing that, that I've seen in, in so the four or five years now that I've known you and, and your organization is I'm seeing more and more and more, it seems like, individuals on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever that have the CTP initials at the end of the name. So yeah. how many professionals out there have that license at this point? Um, we're approaching 1,200 licenses across the country. We have folks licensed in every state in the U.S. We have also launched a, an international licensing program. It's still focused on U.S. tax, but we've got licensees around the globe that are working with expats who live in other countries like Thailand and Sweden and France and uh, the Czech Republic. And uh, so it's been a, a real exciting thing for us. And I think it just highlights the hunger for this way of doing business, the hunger to do better for our yep. clients. And, and that's exciting. And for ourselves. I mean, I'm assuming part of the benefits here is not only obviously for our clients, which is huge, but I think CPAs in general or tax preparers in general sometimes don't look at their firm as a business. And I think this turns that more into them that they're thinking, okay, this is a business. Let's maximize what we have here. Let's reduce our hours while increasing our income. Let's have more free time or let's give us more opportunity to grow because now we're doing these advising services rather than just the regulatory, you know, the, the services that we're supposed to. So I assume what what do you define as the benefits that your people get out of the uh, licensing and the program itself? If I had to boil it down to one word, I would say control. Okay. It puts control back in the hands of the accountancy practice owner. You know, some of our working conditions are dismal because we have such demands on our time and because of the way we get paid for what we do. Yep. You know, most of us will take a deposit and then we get paid at the end of an engagement. And so for that reason, we depend on the client to give us their information. And if they lag in getting that to us and wait till the night before a deadline, we stay up all night making sure that they meet that deadline because there's a paycheck on the other end of that for us. Right. We're right. holidays. We work weekends. Why? Because we want to get a paycheck and we're uncertain of when that work is going to come in because the control rests with the client. And by doing this, again, we are offering something that somebody wants and they're much more willing to work under our terms. Right. So if I say, for example, I'm going on vacation and I don't do client work or take calls while I'm on vacation because I need to recharge and rest my brain so that I can be in tip top shape to better help you. They actually respect that. Mm -hmm. And this whole notion of getting paid up front before any work occurs gives you that freedom. It gives you that control back to say how I get uh, and what processes I use in my firm to get information, to perform work, to manage due deadlines and due dates and who I work with. And, uh, and that's a really powerful concept that, to your point, I think a lot of us practitioners 
don't realize we, we aren't, we often neglect the business aspect, but it's a terrible way to run a business. Yes. Giving your customer all of the control in that relationship, they kind of dictate how things are going to turn out for you. This is a different opportunity there. And, right. and again, you can double, triple, quadruple your take home, cutting your efforts in half. So that's not bad, but it's some of those working conditions, the stress, the, criticism from taxpayers, things like that, um, that we can completely eliminate just by having better control over the business itself. So when you were talking about billing there and fees, it sounds like it's more of a fixed fee monthly billing, or is there a standard that you teach people that they should be doing? Yeah, for sure. Again, going back to this idea of control, it starts with you. And it starts with saying, well, what kind of business do you want to build? That means saying, how much do you want to work? What kinds of clients do you want to work with? Uh What kinds of work do you want to do? You know what? I don't like payroll. I don't like bookkeeping. So guess what we don't do in my business? We don't do those things. Right. No offense, but I just didn't personally like it. So we don't offer it, right? And then you set out and say, okay, based on this outline of what I want from my business, how do I earn enough to also hit my revenue targets? And you sort of back into it, you reverse engineer, you say, gosh, if I want to make half a million dollars a year and take that home and do that in 25 hours a week, what do my minimum fees need to be to make that happen? If say I can only work with 30 or 40 clients because I want to work this minimal number of hours. And so that becomes the starting point and the driving force that's behind everything we do with our own firms, because Ultimately, at the end of the day, we're building this business to give us the life that we really want. Again, there's some great things that we do with clients. Um, I don't mean to sound callous or like we're not there to help people. We absolutely are. But most of us didn't get in this business to be a 501c company. We got in to build something for ourselves. And so we have to start there. Yep, I think that's great because, like I said, that's something I see too often ignored. We actually did a webinar last month on building a sustainable and transferable firm, just meaning that you're building a firm that, you know, can run without you potentially down the road in the next generation. And it sounds like that's what you've done with yours as well, which is, which is great. So, um, we, we may need to get your expertise on one of our monthly webinars so you can uh, continue to, to teach us this. Yeah, I'm happy to. This isn't like a an ancient secret that you have to go through all these hoops and climb into caves to get. This is available for everybody. And I want to share. And our licensees that are in part of the Institute and in this movement with us, we want to create change in the industry. And so you'll meet some great people that are really willing to be there and supportive uh, for you in helping to make this happen if that's what you decide works best for your business. So with that being said, then how, if, because I think people should be interested, obviously this is, this is a great opportunity to learn what I think, uh, like you said, isn't taught in school, isn't taught when you're getting your accounting degree. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to reach out and find out more information about the Institute or the, the certification, where would they do that? Yeah, just go to certifiedtaxplanners.com. Um, We've got lots of resources available. So if you're a do-it-yourself kind of person, we've got books you can buy. We've got webinars you can take. 
you know, there's a lot of uh, ideas and strategies you can apply without ever getting licensed if you don't, if you decide that's not right for you. But my advice is to do what you want to do and build that business that's going to support the life that you love and that you want to live. Yep, great. And you also, and I wouldn't even talk about this, and I recently subscribed to Think Outside the Tax Box. Yeah. That is a, I think I've got that right. That's a, an online, I assume online uh, a journal or yeah. magazine that you put out. What is that? Give us a little breakdown of what that is. Yeah, it's a digital magazine. We're super excited and proud of it. Um, we're coming upon, well, I guess we're in our uh, about 18 month mark. We've got well over 150 articles, so it serves as a research tool, everything's cited. And so if you're looking for a source of ideas on, you know, what you can offer clients, you know, that provides lots of in-depth analysis, uh, and we try to write it in a plain English way so that people can understand better, and, and it breaks down what the law and the court cases say. Uh, And so it can be a tremendous resource for those that are looking to continually bring new ideas to their clients. And that's the that's the rough part about getting paid for your expertise is once you make that switch and you're getting paid for your expertise, you want to keep bringing it so they keep coming back and and paying those premium fees. So you Uh want to stay connected to a good resource for that. And uh, think outside the tax box has been a lot of fun. We've got some really great uh, writers Peter Riley and Amber Gray Fenner from Forbes magazine are there. Um, we've got Tom Gorzinski and uh, Matt Metris. He's our expert on crypto tax planning. We've just got Annette Nellen, just a lot of these names that you see in the thought leadership community and tax that are willing to share their ideas and, and strategies. So it's been a lot of fun uh, pulling all this together. Yeah, we've had Tom Korzynski on the show, and, and he's great, very knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another person that's written some articles for you is Dan Choden, and he's been on the show as well. And, and, and oh, Dan, amazing writer. We, just, we have to convince Dan to give us a little more of his writing. Yeah. He, he loves what he does. He loves to practice. And so, uh, he does. But yeah, we love Dan. Great, great writer. He loves writing on Twitter too. So he's, uh, he's often out there sharing his knowledge. And that's a big thing with me is sharing your knowledge too. And he, he's out there doing it. And he and I, we get, we get in fun discussions on employee retention credit. Oh, yeah. The both of us have uh, spent the, the last year and a half uh, digging deep into that. So it, it's fun discussion. So yeah, he had a great article on the whole OSHA rules that people try to quote for employee retention credit, which he debunked that. I completely agree with them, but it was a great article that was in, I think, outside the tax box. All right. Uh, with that being said, I want to, before we close out here, and I will see you, I think, in about a month, right? Don't you have the next conference coming up? Uh, We're going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. So I can't wait to be with you in Music City. Yep. We're going to kick up our heels a bit, talk <laughs> some tax strategy, yep. and It'll it's going to be a great time. Yep. Well, I, I, I've been fortunate enough to speak at the event, I think, three or four times. And it's always about you know different ways to help clients save money. So I think it fits in well with what you're doing. And so I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. 100%. With, before we close out, one question I always like that to ask at the end, because we're talking tax, we're talking business, talking accounting. But yeah. what do you do when you're not doing that? What's the, what's the fun part of outside of work you do? Uh, what's your passion's? Besides tax and accounting. 
Well, I love to read and I love to read tax and accounting. So even in my spare time, I do that. But I will tell you that I have taken up pickleball lately. Ah. And that has been a very fun challenge. I'm a tennis player. So it's a a new set of rules. It's a similar court setup, um, but it's a lot of fun. And I love to play in doubles. And in tennis, I was always a singles player. So I'll tell you, it's a lot more fun when there's four people on the court. So yeah, that's been, that's been a lot of fun lately. It's a whole new way to look at a wiffle ball. That's my, what actually, my goal is to start playing that. Uh, I, I, uh, I have a knee replacement and I heard it's easy on your knees. So I want to get out there and try that. Very easy on your knees, Randy. Hey, um, I'll hook you up in Nashville and I'll show you a few things. Nice. I don't know much, but I'll show you the few things I know. You know more than me, so that'll work out perfectly. All right, before we close then, one more time, uh, the the website address for people can go to. Yeah, real easy. CertifiedTaxPlannersWithAnS.com. All right, and again, Dominique, I've been thinking about doing this for a while. I'm glad we got it done, so thank you for being on. Me too. I'll see you on the pickleball court. Thank you for joining us today on The Unique CPA. You can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about TriMerit, at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to your clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading-edge management techniques and styles.